Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. Happy Throwback Thursday. And while we don't play any throwbacks in the podcast, we'll try and take <laughs> you back to your younger years when you were happier and your back didn't hurt. <laughs> when you're not a care in the world. <laughs> First and foremost, what's going on with Canadian media? Bell laid oh. off 1,300 people yesterday. How can they keep saying that every time I turn around, it seems like companies are laying people off, yet they keep yeah. saying the employment numbers are good. I, That's another topic, but it, it's just frustrating to see this. They're closing or selling nine radio stations and 1,300 people lost their job. And it's a lot of on-air people, for sure. Uh, big names, too. Joyce Napier, Tom Walters, Paul Workman, Glenn McGregor, and, and the list goes on and on and on. But it's not just them. It's yeah. behind-the-scenes writers yeah. it's behind the scenes camera cameramen, operators makeup artists and the list goes on it's really really sad what happened here yeah it sucks and it's not the first time and look we're not going to point fingers and say bell's the only one that is cutting jobs but we know that it's this second big round like that that i can remember in a number of years and they're kind of they're did, notorious they, for it they are they are, honestly so inside info in this industry if you work for bell it's like ooh. Could happen at any moment. Choppy, choppy. I'd rent it's, instead of buy. This is a, It's a scary thing, right? And I know people who do work for Bell, they're not going to comment if they're still employed right now. They're not commenting on it, but you know they're scared and you can't blame them for being scared. And that could happen to anyone at any time. We know that. Like that's, that's a, just a life thing. You can get laid off. You can't control it. When it comes to Bell though, do you feel like sometimes that company juggles a little bit too much and maybe that's the reason why some of it kind of falls off a little bit. I mean, can you be a mobility company and a broadcaster? And there's a few other things that they do as well. Can you do all of that? Well, I mean, I, I think the answer is it depends. And I don't want to be on the fence on this, but I look at Rogers and they seem to be doing just fine. And yeah, they've got their layoffs right? too. And all the big companies do as you find more efficiencies. That's just the way business sure. works. And yeah, that's going to happen. But I feel like Rogers is probably pretty good at juggling around their newsroom. As far as I understand this press release here from Bell, it seems like they want to sort of centralize news operations so they don't have... A full newsroom for CTV Toronto and a full newsroom for CP24 and then a full newsroom for CTV Barry and Kitchener and London and Windsor and the list goes on and on and on. They want to centralize that. The problem here is that we've been having a pretty big discussion over the last few years about how important it is to have a diversity of news voices. Mm -hmm. And when the national news for a major broadcaster is all coming out of one room from the same five or six people that control it. I don't know if that's really a good service for Canadians. Yeah. Uh, diversity of ownership is another thing here, too. And uh, I remember when Bell took over the Chum Group and got into the radio business in particular, They uh, and, and when they took over CTV as well, I was under the impression that it was to invest into these industries and grow these industries, not consolidate them as much mm -hmm. as they have. And again, that's not a knock on Bell. I understand the need to make money. Certainly. I mean, every business has to make money. I, I just wonder if really the the employees were done a service here. I mean, they work their asses off. They do. Everybody in this yeah. business does. Yeah. And and to just get tossed, it, it just seems so, so inhumane, yeah. you know? Losing losing money for, for the company in some areas, I mean, it does happen for everyone. Just speaking on that, though, do you think a lot of it has to do with the way that we ingest news? It, we're taking to social media a lot more. I know people who solely get their news from TikTok. 
And whether or not you think that's a good thing, that's fine. Sometimes they're legitimate news sources. Sometimes they're people with a camera that they're the news people today because they happen to catch that thing that happened. They happen to spot that UFO. They happen to, you know, whatever, see something happen and they filmed it and people are talking about it or a world, worldly events. It's kind of a different way that we're ingesting news right now in that maybe people are leaning more towards that. And again, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm just suggesting that I think that especially those who are younger, maybe feel they don't really need to pay that much as much attention to some of those just in that news realm. But this isn't just all news, right? I mean, there's it was an issue across the board. Yeah, it was across the Bell Company. They say they've eliminated like 20% of management positions or something like that. Uh, 6% of the Bell media workforce was let go and it's wild, too. I, I guess it does have to come right down to dollars and cents. When I look at the names of the on-air people that are gone, and then I look at the people that are still on air, it would seem that they got rid of their most experienced, for better or worse. Which means they're most expensive. Most experience usually equals that. Yeah, it usually does. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know if Bell was really all that interested in being in the broadcast industry, uh, but they ended up in it, and now a lot of people have lost their jobs. That's sad. Hopefully that's it. Hopefully they can find a way to be efficient and still manage to put out news that is relevant to people. Yeah. There's also a lot of people, I mean, to your point, you talked about how people ingest news. Did they go to TikTok because TikTok's better for them in the way they want news delivered? Or did they go to TikTok because they don't believe the mainstream mm. media? And again, right or wrong, for better or worse, there's a lot of people who watched coverage of the truck convoy and yeah. saw how slanted that media spin was from some of the traditional legacy media outlets. They they remember during COVID when stuff that was proven early on to be in incorrect was still being broadcast as if it was fact. And they know they were taking money from the government, from the wage subsidy and the media subsidies and such. And people said, you know what? Fuck it. I don't trust that this is objective journalism here anymore. And in a lot of cases, people have left mainstream legacy media just to go to social media because they figure they're getting more of an unbiased opinion or more opinions that agree with their opinions. And there is a difference there. So to the people who lost their jobs at CTV... Sorry, yeah. I, I I don't know what else to say. I, uh, I'm frustrated at the state of broadcasting in Canada and we should be making progress. We should be going forward. And it seems like we're going backwards in a lot of ways. So I, I hope that they solve the problem and manage to get more diverse news voices out there because it needs to be reflective of what people are saying. It really does. And when the the middle class is on pins and needles on interest rates, I feel like the media isn't actually reflecting the the true needs of the middle class, and they get frustrated at that too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things that went into this. Again, to the staff, it sucks. To Bell, I hope you guys figure out a good way to be efficient and not call any more jobs, but I understand it's also business too, and you got to make a profit at the end of the day or you're just losing money. Uh, there's a lot of other things I want to get to in today's episode, Kat, and let's start right here. Do you remember when Moscow or Russia invaded Ukraine and one of their planes was on its way to Canada at the time? That that big, huge, clunky airplane that's parked on the ramp still more than a year later. Is it still there? Yeah. I, it's, you can see it from the 427. Yeah. When you're on the 427, you see that Russian cargo plane. It's still parked there more than a year later. And for whatever reason, as all kinds of scandals were breaking in Ottawa last weekend— 
Justin Trudeau decided he was going to go to Ukraine. And part of the reason he went there was to give them another $500 million Mm -hmm. and to give them this plane that's parked at Pearson. Now the Russians apparently have decided we've had enough of Canada. Fuck it. We're uh, they can't give away our plane and we may sever ties completely. It's kind of scary when you've got a superpower like Russia who is that fed up with Canada that they're going to say, fuck it. We don't have any formal ties anymore. You're done. You're cut off. The whole thing is getting ugly now. Well, what are we counting on Russia for? Uh, They're a trade partner. At one point, they were even an ally. I I don't know how things went so south here, but um, I don't know if it's a good idea to have bad relations with any country. I'd like to have an open dialogue with all of them, and we can agree with some things they do but disagree with others. But for the most part, the whole world needs to be at peace. And, and it doesn't seem like we're going in that direction. Right, which is not the fault of Canada necessarily, but we're helping Ukraine. And I'm okay with helping Ukraine. That's a, it's a lot of money. Um, but so is the States. I mean, is not is the States not in the exact same position that we are in? Didn't Russia already kind of say the same thing? Uh, about the states or not as not as much? I think we're making it a little personal. And, and I think Russia's caught on. If you follow the trend, it seems like every time a scandal breaks, we try and reset and flip the channel to Ukraine. And it usually comes with a lot of money or a military donation of some sort or banning different oligarchs and such. In this case, we just gave away a plane. Now, I don't know that Russia cares that much about this particular plane, but I think it's the principle of it all that we seized assets and gave them to Ukraine, whereas other countries haven't passed legislation that allows them to seize Russian assets and give them to Ukraine. You who, know what I mean? Sure. Um, who, wh- what is the state of Ukraine right now? Does is, anyone live there right now? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm just curious because, um, you know, like this war continues um, between the two of them. Ukraine has launched a counteroffensive for what it's worth. They're fighting back now and they're trying to drive Russia out of some of the occupied territory. And this money, by the way, will go a long way in making that happen for sure. Will it? Will help. Will help. You would assume. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming that much money would help. If it's not, then what the heck? I'm what the heck asking are we that, doing? I, I keep asking that too. What the heck? Like, <clears throat> it's not like if we send Ukraine $500 million, they can just go down to the fighter jet store and say, we'll take half a plane. What, bu- what budget does that come out of? Great question, because it wasn't in Nobody the budget. Knows. I'm curious about that. And I know, because I, I read the arguments last last week when this came down of, you know, what are you, what are you doing to help your own country? And, and you're giving this much to that to them. And again, I'm all for helping. I'm just asking the questions. I'm just I'm just curious about where that exactly is supposed to be coming from. Well, I do understand the argument from people. I mean, we've got a massive homelessness yeah, problem. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of problems. There's a shit ton of them. I a mean, ton w- of problems. Watch the news for 15 minutes and you'll see how bad things <laughs> in this country are. Can't do that anymore. And, oh, yeah, right. Thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, we have a lot of problems here. And, yeah. and there's people who are thinking, if we're going through this crisis here, why is our government continuing to give away not just token donations? It's not like we gave them a million bucks. We've given them billions and billions of dollars here, and people are saying, hey, listen, every time you print more money to give it to Ukraine, it drives up inflation here. So not only are you not helping your own people, you're actually making the problem much worse because inflation is not going to come under control while you're still printing money. That's the argument from some people that are saying, you got to stop with the Ukraine money. I I don't think anybody really wants to see Ukraine fall. I I think people just want other countries to step up and let's get Canada refocused on Canadians. Mm. 
It also says a lot. I mean, going into last weekend, there was a ton of things happening from David Johnston stepping down as the special rapporteur. The Paul Bernardo scandal is breaking. And now it turns out the prime minister's office knew even before the public safety minister, Marco Mendicino. And they just relied on Marco to deal with it. And obviously he did not. He's probably going to get fired or shuffled right at a cabinet. That's how bad that scandal is. And while all this was happening, the prime minister and Christian Freeland took off to Ukraine for the weekend. And, and people are wondering, why are you going to Ukraine to give away more money when people here are in such dire straits and need help with their finances and their debt and the cost of eating and heating? And, and it looks a little tone deaf of the government to say, Ukraine's our priority this weekend, not Canada. So I understand the frustration mm-hmm. both ways. In fact, the latest polls that have come out, it was an Abacus poll, uh, 81% of Canadians... 81%, I feel like we can say that's a majority. Yes. They don't agree on who, but they do agree it's time for a new government. They want the federal government now, Justin Trudeau's leadership, gone. Hmm. 81%, according to a fairly left-leaning polling company. So that should tell you a lot. Let's talk a little bit here about tickets. When's the last time you got a parking ticket? Oh, it's been a long time, thankfully. I can't even remember. I want to say like maybe college or something like that. Waterloo, Ontario. The city council has approved a new system for their residents to challenge tickets for 22 different municipal bylaws without having to go to court. You can challenge a bylaw infraction now by simply going down to city hall and talking to a screening officer. If you talk to the screening officer and say, I don't think that this ticket is fair because my my there was nowhere else to park and I wasn't really overhanging the driveway with the neighbor or I wasn't really blocking a fire hydrant. That person can take the ticket and tear it up and say, okay, fine, you're on your way. If you don't like the response you get from this screener, you can then go to a second person who'd be more like an arbitrator who is not employed by the city. They're kind of like a judge, but they're not a judge. Either way, the point of this is to streamline the process to fight a ticket and so that you don't have to take a whole day off to go down to court. How often, this must happen so often in order for them to, what, add a few positions, I assume, to City Hall. Yeah. When I think about, though, a lot of the, so I think of Uptown Waterloo, which I'm fam- very familiar with when I hear these these stories. And a lot of people's downtowns, right? Just think about the downtown. It gets crowded. People park wherever they want to park just because there's a lack of parking. There's more condos and more condos and less parking and less parking in a lot of cities out there. So we know that sometimes you're in a pickle. And you're like, screw it. I'm going to park in this zone, even though it's 30 minutes only. Or so, Let's say you even get lucky and get like a spot that's like 30 minutes, but you, you're over that, fine. Or you're slightly over the line, you know, like that there's a parking area and then you know when it just stops. But you're like, I could fit a car here. <laughs> you know, in certain, certain times like that, I feel like you should get off the hook a little bit with it. So I'm fine with it not taking up an entire day to fight something. That's How much money is a parking ticket now? Oh, they're really jamming you. I are mean, they now? Some of these tickets are, are like they? 70, 80, 90 bucks. Okay, but for for a lot of people, it's not even worth taking the day off, especially if you are working an hourly job. Like right. so I like that they have this option because it's not fair to those who are working those jobs where it's worth it's not worth it for them. They take a day off, they miss that much pay, and maybe it's worth it for them morally, but definitely not for them financially. So they just suck it up and they pay. Or they don't pay. And that happens a lot too. There's a lot of people who just have unpaid parking tickets because it's well, it's parking tickets. Like, who? 
So who gives a shit? You know what I mean? It's a parking ticket. Now, if you park in front of a fire hydrant, if you're parking in a spot that you know does not belong to you, like wheelchair accessible, etc., absolutely shame on you. You deserve that parking ticket. Well, in some cases, though, that's the bylaw people who are slapping these tickets down. Like, really? They were really... Like maybe they were 35 minutes in a 30 parking spot or maybe they, you know, it was it was until 6 p.m. They could park and they park there. It's whatever, like little bitty, bitty things. So I understand the argument. I like that they're, they're speeding up this process. I'd be curious to see how it works. I've never heard of anybody doing this. So it's kind of like a trial for other cities, no? It is. In fact, it's a trial for other cities within the Waterloo region as well. So let me just say a couple of things about tickets. The, the time that I'm most likely to get a ticket is not because I said, fuck it, I'm not paying for parking. And it's not because I parked in front of a fire hydrant or in front of an accessible parking space or something like that. The reason that I would be most likely to get a ticket is misunderstanding the signs. And frankly, there's some signs out there where I honestly couldn't even tell you, am I allowed to park here? Turns out I am allowed to park, but I'm only allowed to park between like 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. Nothing during the day. They're very, very confusing. And if you take a picture of that sign and go to this officer, who I'm assuming is trained in common sense, and say, what does this even fucking mean? I didn't mean to do this. You know, it's the signage is confusing. I would hope they'd say, okay, so for future reference, you can't park here, 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 or here. And we're going to throw away this ticket because I understand the frustration. But if you do it again, you're probably going to have to pay the ticket. If we had some common sense like that, it would be fine. A couple other things on parking. Let's all remember why we're paying for parking because our tax dollars built most of this infrastructure. You should never be charged for parking on the street, ever. If it's a place where parking is allowed, they should never, ever be allowed to charge you. Our tax dollars paid for that. You've already contributed to that infrastructure. They don't need to further subsidize it by charging you to park your car there. It's essentially your entitlement to park there because you're a taxpayer. So that's the first thing. Second thing, when it comes to municipal parking lots, when it comes to uh, parking at City Hall, places that they might charge you for parking, that should be completely outlawed. Anywhere that's public space that taxpayers have helped to build, you should never be able to charge people for parking for that. Mm. That's just a non-starter. Let's save parking infractions for when a true crime has been committed. And I mean, if you're perfectly able, but you still park in a wheelchair accessible parking space or whatever the case may be that we all know that there's some bad ones out there and there's some fluffy ones, but unfortunately there's way too many city councils out there that are treating parking like an extra stream of revenue. Oh, it's just part of our income. It's like our monthly bonus. Yes. Fuck off. It's not. They're relying on it. (laughs) Absolutely not. We will never get to that state. Um, Speaking of uh, Waterloo, while we're on that topic, I got the chance to ride in a school bus with seatbelts. Ooh, how'd that go? So there's a, for those who don't know, and maybe a lot of you don't, Waterloo region is a part of a trial um, to see how it goes with seatbelts on school buses. Currently, there are 30% of school buses running in the region who have seatbelts. Not a fan. Really? And a couple of reasons why. The seatbelts, at least that are in there, and I don't know if they differ by bus, you can't adjust them easily. I'm an adult, and I couldn't adjust the seatbelt easily. So it was literally on the neck of my child the entire ride, not comfortable at all. In fact, she hated it. And I was like, what are we What are we doing? Um, I, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of it at all. And I'm not sure if, if the bus driver, who I'm, I'm assuming would be 
the one in control of the seatbelts as well, has time to go around adjusting the straps. They some don't have time for some that. Some were lower for the kindergartners. Some would have been higher for the grade fives and sixes and sevens and eights. You don't have time for it. And I, again, as an adult, had an issue adjusting the dang thing. So I'm surprised. I'll be surprised if this does end up going through. I'm not sure why we need it when they say school buses, by the way, are six times safer than taking a car in the morning to school. Um, And that's what they have as fact listed so far. But yeah, I I wasn't a fan. I'm curious to see how that whole thing goes. So no to seatbelts on school buses. buses. Interesting. And not the ones that, hey, if there's different ones, like I said, not the ones that I rode. I wasn't a fan at all. Hmm. Um, Yesterday, we learned exactly how much the government is giving Volkswagen to build an electric vehicle battery plant in St. Thomas. The PBO says we're giving federally $16.3 billion over the next 10 years. The feds had said it would cost $700 million up front and then $13.2 billion in tax credits. So there's a discrepancy of roughly 20% here, and they're going to argue, the the feds will argue that the PBO is wrong, and the PBO will say, no, the government's wrong, and at the end of the day, nothing will ever come with it. But I did decide to do the math. They say by 2026, this plant that they're building for Volkswagen in St. Thomas, Ontario, is going to employ about 1,400 employees. That's a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. But $16.3 billion is a lot of money. So broken down, Basically, what we're paying for here is about $1 million per job per year. In other words, if you're Volkswagen and you've got a staff of $1,400, let us say your staff is real happy and they're making hundred grand. Volkswagen's making nine hundred grand for every employee every year for 10 years. Wow. Is that really the... I totally understand the argument of we've got these resources here in Canada and we need to build electric electric batteries and and now we'll have a plant that'll do it and good jobs, green jobs, blah, 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 blah. At some point, don't we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it? I'd love to see 1,400 more people employed. That would make up for the losses at Bell yesterday. <laughs> but if we do that, we're costing a lot of money. And sure, there's going to be other income. There's going to be other industries that have to exist to feed this industry. Maybe it'll come out closer to a wash, but that's a lot of money at a time when we don't necessarily have an extra $16 billion laying around. Wild. And again, that's just the federal portion. That doesn't include what the province kicked in. Let's talk about gaming because maybe this is the solution. iGaming Ontario says the first year of legal single-game sports betting in Ontario was a very profitable one. I'm not shocked at all. They used Deloitte to break down the numbers, and they found that the regulated market in Ontario generated total gaming revenues of just over $1.48 billion as of April the 26th. The report said the first year of Ontario's regulated market included 45 operators, and 76 gaming sites. More are expected to launch. They estimate the total economic contribution for year one to Ontario's GDP, almost (laughs) $1.6 billion. Do you remember when they first came out too, they were shoving it down your throat. Literally every advertisement that you could find was like this betting site and bet here and bet there. Um, The advertising was pretty stellar for it, but I don't even know if that matters so much because the people who were really interested in, in, in betting finally had the chance to do so. And there was a lot, clearly there's a lot of them. So it's not surprising to me. Can I tell you, I've heard the arguments from some people saying, oh, we shouldn't allow advertising. 
I don't know why we allow gambling advertising, but we refuse to allow pot shops to even advertise right. their address. Well, I know. That's a crazy it, contradiction. Exactly. And, and the, why these things are in the category they're in, I don't know, because it's under the tobacco. Uh, weed is still under the to pull tobacco column, which doesn't make sense to me either. No. So we need to get it out of there. And then in order for that to happen, there's a... A whole bunch has to happen. So I, I'm not sure why it's under that umbrella either. It's just so hypocritical. But anyway. That, it is. I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people would agree. I'm not sure why we still keep it that way. Well, that aside, let's uh, let's talk about the advertising here for gambling. Many of them have gone out and secured endorsements. You can turn on yep. the TV and see Austin Matthews, Wayne Gretzky, and all these yeah. big elite athletes, Connor McDavid, trying to promote gambling. And there's some who are saying, well, that's dirty pool because that's, that's too attractive to gambling. I, I don't know why we yeah. would try and stop that. I mean, companies are allowed to advertise their existence. They're allowed to glamorize their product. You are in just about every other yeah. way, with the exception of cannabis and cigarettes for some reason. I have... <laughs> Are they worried about young people gambling? Are they worried about adults gambling? Would well, be my question. If they're worried about young people gambling, the horses are out of the barn because there's far more young people gambling right now than there is older people gambling. It's the thing to do for young adults is gamble. In some cases, that's their only source of revenue. They're placing 10 bucks on who's going to score the opening goal in the Stanley Cup final. Shit like that. They're playing. Yeah. They're doing it. They're already doing it. And, and with or without Austin Matthews promoting this site or Bet99 with Wayne Gretzky, with or without him, people are going to do it. They've been waiting for this mm -hmm. for a very long time. And this is part of the problem when you restrict people from doing something that is legal everywhere else. Once it finally happens, there's going to be an initial rush. And I have a feeling that's a lot of what the first year was. I do worry about problem gamblers, though, losing everything because it's an addiction and it's hard to stop. It's an addiction. It's it's here's where here's where I try to find the line because and I'm not even sure where it is. But when you want to compare, and a lot of people will try to compare, and I, none of it's apples to apples. We know that. But when you talk about alcohol abuse, um, com in comparison to that, that one could be a little bit different. You could argue nobody's getting people are getting hurt emotionally, I suppose, with the, with the, with the betting, with the gambling, right? But I, it's extreme, like alcohol, extreme alcoholism is an issue too. Sure. It's hard. It's just like, once you go down that rabbit hole, what's right and what's wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is it okay to advertise one thing and not the other? And is one addiction not as bad? Like for me, if you put yourself in the red, so fucking bad, I have a hard, like, I, again, I don't, I struggle to understand it because I don't understand it and I'm not in it. So I don't feel bad for you. If you put yourself in a hole, you fucking suck and you got to spend the rest of your life dealing with that. And that sucks. That's just me being honest because I don't understand it. I, I don't understand the addiction aspect of gambling in the slightest. I don't. So I have a hard time feeling bad and going, well, they shouldn't advertise because it's hurting families. Don't fucking gamble then. That was a choice. Well, that was a choice to me. Yeah. 100%. We allow casinos to advertise and, and they make themselves look like they're great time. Like, hey, come on out for a steak dinner and watch this great show. And oh, by the way, we've got blackjack yeah. and we've got roulette and all that sort of shit. That's fine. One of the things that I was actually very impressed with, with the casinos, when they initially started advertising, is they seem to have a fairly good problem gambling 
offering, i.e., uh, there were supports available if you were a problem gambler. They had places or, or checks and balances within the casinos themselves to spot problem gamblers and things like that. You legally are obli- obligated, though, here in the province of Ontario to advertise that essentially yeah you do have to advertise that you could lose just as well as you could win yeah you have to like that's actually legal that's why in the bathrooms you're gonna see it like "Mm, problem gambling and all that shit you have to actually advertise it there that's why every single commercial you ever hear is also gonna have a little uh if you have a gambling problem call i voiced up for casinos all the time and it's that's the exact thing that you have to do it's legal that you have to do it as long as they have that in there, they're allowed to do whatever they want. And then the choice is yours. Like, I don't know. That's the way that's the way that I see it. And and maybe it's just lack of dealing with any anything else. Celebrity celebrity influencers are not. And don't give shit on them, too. Well, this is the thing. I don't understand why Wayne Gretzky or Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid would get ever get dragged through the mud because they took an endorsement deal for something that's a perfectly legal product. Well, and it's, you know what's the fucked up part is, too? You want to talk messed up endorsement lawsuit situations let's talk crypto remember celebrities got sued and had to pay money out because they were endorsing products now that said celebrities endorsers influencers whoever you are be careful what you're peddling and i'm going to use the word peddling in some cases because some of that crypto was fucking shit be careful what you are doing and, and advertising on behalf of yourself because that's what ended up happening there. Now that was a United States thing. I don't know about Canada. I couldn't tell you what the legal thing what the legal obligations are for endorsers. I know you have to say it's a sponsored ad, etc. But cover your ass and make sure you're covered and talk to lawyers. Also, as a consumer, just because fucking Kim Kardashian says you gotta do it, you don't gotta do it. No. Just because Wayne Gretzky says it's great doesn't mean it's great. And I hope that like this is the problem with humans right now is that we do look to these influencers and maybe the product is good and the, the gambling site's great and whatever it might be is is fine and it ends up being great for you and maybe you win money whatever I, it shocks me how much endorsement really does work and that's what keeps the companies doing it don't knock them for glamorizing it because like scott mentioned it's perfectly legal for them to do so you have a choice as a consumer it is on you Let's let adults be adults. Try your best to anyway, right? Yeah. And you know what? If people are, are falling behind or they're gambling too much or whatever, I have to think that this is a solvable problem. Telling Bet99, well, sorry, you can't use Wayne Gretzky, or, or telling uh, MGM, whoever, you can't use Austin Matthews in your ads, people are still going to gamble. At the end of the day, they're still going to gamble. So let's figure out a strategy that makes it a little, a little more educational without having to pull money out of celebrity influencers' pockets and without having to completely upend the whole thing and regulate something that the government should probably stay out of at this point. And just to add to the crypto thing, they did, they were able to confirm that it was false information that that they were handing out. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Those celebrities should have been more careful. So I think that for them, at the least, giving back the money that they took for the endorsement is fair in that case because they didn't do their due diligence either. Either way, I agree with you. Let adults be adults. You know, and I'm sick of people using excuses too, like, oh, this betting site made me bet my family savings away. Or maybe you're just a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way I see it. Right. You knew the risk. You knew the risk. Everybody understands gambling by definition is a risk. You could win, but you could also lose and you need to be prepared to lose if it goes that way. Last thing I want to mention before we go, because we're already going a little long. It's a... I'm going to call it viral at this point. It's in the hundreds of thousands of views now. It's a Harvard-educated lawyer 
with valuable legal advice to tell your teenagers. Oh, teenagers. You don't think about legal advice in teenagers. Listen to this. First, if you do something dumb and get thrown in jail, don't you dare call me and say, Mom, I did something terrible. Those phone calls are recorded. So many people know to keep their mouth shut to the police. But those same people confess everything on the phone to their mom. Really, particularly to their mothers. Nope, just tell me where you are and mom will come. Second, do not keep trauma to yourself. After something bad happens to you, seek physical and emotional care immediately. Foremost for your health, but also because if you choose to pursue any legal remedy later, it's that immediacy of your care that helps with causation and is used as evidence will help you recover physically emotionally and financially in a lawsuit third all kids make bad decisions that's to be expected but remember this dumb saying because it's true the cover-up can be worse than the crime accept the mistake seek professional help come to me but do not and i say do not break more laws because you're covering up the first bad thing this is how people spiral a missed deadline can turn into a forged signature a little debt can turn into embezzling whatever it is just stop at your first mistake God, I hate TikTok for Oh, uh, that cuts off a lot of shit. Like, I understand the millennial pause is real on TikTok, but give a little break. A little break, please. <laughs> give a little pause. It's interesting, though, and I mean, maybe that is a conversation worth having with your kids. If you ever get caught doing something stupid, you do have the right to remain silent. It's your actual right. If you're going to uh, not tell the cops anything, but then when you get on the phone with your mom, break down and confess everything, those calls are recorded. That's good to know. You know what? I think a lot of adults didn't know that. I think a lot of adults. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think a lot of adults learned that today. I mean, I would have. I don't know. I'm not going to put. I guess let me put myself in the position of holy shit. I fucked up and I'm in jail and I'm calling Scott to bail me out. I would be the one to call. I know you You would. You got that bail money, son. I know you do. <laughs> so I'm going to call Scott. And I know you've got it to pay me back. <laughs> I'm going to call Scott on this. I don't think that I would have been like, holy fuck, Scott, guess what I did? Like, it then wouldn't be the time. You would think most people know that. But uh, okay, that's a good thing. That, are you going to pass that on to your kids? I will, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, why not, right? No, I absolutely will. There, You know what? I mean, you have a right to remain silent a right. for a reason. You have a right. You talk to your lawyer in private, and those conversations are legally protected. And, and that's where you guys discuss strategies, and you guys can figure out how you're going to tell your mom later. Either way, uh, what the lawyer said is quite right. Phone me. Tell me where you are. I will come to you. Don't tell me over the phone what happened because you're basically admitting guilt. Now, there were a couple other things there, too. Maybe you've done something stupid. Maybe it was illegal, that stupid thing you did. Don't do more illegal shit to try and cover up the first illegal thing that you did. Right. In a lot of cases, especially as a young adult, there are ways that you can make that situation much better for yourself, end up without having to go to jail or probation or whatever the, the remedy is that's assigned by the courts. Mm -hmm. You can avoid a lot of that. But once it's two crimes or once there's a conspiracy charge in there to try and cover up the first crime, you've made it virtually impossible for yourself to get a good outcome in court. So you've got to just own it. You mm -hmm. did something wrong. Let's figure it out with your parents and their lawyers. Let's figure out how to solve this problem without you trying to bury the fucking body and make it even worse. Yep, I, I, I agree. I would agree to that. I've never been in that. I'm trying to think back to when I was a teenager, too. I, my parents never talked to me about that, but I grew up quite wholesome. Like I did, I wasn't really surrounded by anyone who was doing anything that illegal unless smoking a little bit of pot every now and again, you know, would be considered. And I guess it would at the time. I'm actually really interested in this series because she does have some other advice. If you want to look her up, go okay. ahead. Um, 
we've had a lot of conversations over the last few years about the law. We've also had a lot of videos come out, and and the internet is just horrible for showing you one perspective of an encounter with the police. And there's a lot of people who like to run around saying, I don't have to do that. I know my rights. I know my Mm -hmm. rights. You can't do that. And most of the time, those people are dead wrong. It's not your right to do that. And yes, it is in the cop's right to do that. Would it be so hard to just allocate an afternoon, maybe an assembly once a year in high school where people come in and educate students on what their actual rights are? There's probably teens out there thinking, well, fuck it. There's a fight right there. And I've got every right when the cops are wrestling somebody to the ground to go in there with my phone and interview the fucking guy on the ground. Maybe you do have a right to do that, but you don't. Maybe you think that if a cop comes up to you and says, I'm going to put you in cuffs while we figure out what's going on here. I'm temporarily taking you into custody. Maybe you say, fuck that. I don't need to cooperate with you. I know my rights. No, you're probably better off to comply and follow the instructions of the police officer. Think you can run? Think it's your right to take off? Again, maybe we should educate everybody on what their actual rights are. And your rights are legally enshrined in our Constitution and our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. You should know what your rights are. But you should also know what you don't have a right to do. And I think that that would be a very worthwhile conversation. I also realize there's a lot of schools that have tried to prevent cops from coming in at all. Because apparently it's triggering for some students. I think that's misguided. I think there should be a cop in every school, to be perfectly honest with you, or at least for every family of schools. And maybe those are some of the things that cops could be doing in schools, is advising people how to interact with police. Here are your actual rights. And no, that's not a right. Just because you heard it on fucking TikTok doesn't mean it is an actual right. You should talk to a professional. There's law. uh, Law is one of the, I think it's optional, though, in high school, right? I don't even know how how far they go, though. To be honest, I'm not not sure I never took it. Make it part of the civics programming. Everybody needs to do a half semester of civics, I think, right? Is that still the case? I think so, unless they've gotten rid of it since I went to school. It wouldn't surprise me at all. They seem to like people not really knowing how government works. (laughs) All right, guys. Guys, we got to go. Thanks for listening to After 9 today. You're amazing. We really appreciate your time. We'll see you tomorrow with another edition of After 9. And I think, because tomorrow's Friday, DB's coming in. Oh, that's right. Mr. Blizzard will join us then, and we will see you later.